Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans? Welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show, your weekly podcast covering the game we love and the team that has such a deep history with John Gibbons, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, we're talking about the game. We're talking about the Blue Jays with one of the game's iconic baseball managers, upcoming author, two-time manager of the year. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, two-time uh, former manager of the Toronto Blue Jays baseball lifer, direct from San, San Antonio, Texas, Gibby, Mr. John Gibbons. John, how you doing today? Good. What you really meant to say, two-time bum of the year. Right? Oh, no, man. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. My brother said to me uh, the other day, uh, he was listening to the show, or he, he follows kind of on, on the social media. He goes, he said, you know, John, I, I love it when I hear these guys say, you know, they hated you as a manager, but they really liked the show. I said, whatever, 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 whatever to the minute. I said, dang, that just, that just crushed me. So, But, yeah, it's oh, good to be wow. here. You know, the Blue Jays, you know, the Blue Jays are on a nice little roll. It's playoff time almost. Yeah. They, they, uh, they're close to uh, sealing home field advantage. So big. But, you know, they still got some games left that uh, you don't want them to swing, those things to swing the other way. That's for sure. Yeah, the postseason is here. I mean, this is what everybody works for, and the Blue Jays uh, clinched that wild card spot. They're uh, trying to get that home field advantage, which is very, very important. Uh, so we want to congratulate them uh, for clinching the playoff spot. I mean, uh, John, I, I mean, I noticed with the Jays over the last couple of weeks especially, you could sense something about a team when momentum begins to build and everything seems to come together. And for the Jays, everything is coming together at just the right time. Yeah, it is. And that's important. You know, you don't, you don't want to go into the playoffs limping, you know. No. So that's why it can be, I think it'd be real, it could be beneficial. You know, you go down to the wire, the games actually mean something. Uh, you know, there's always comfort and security knowing you're in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and ideally you have home field advantage. I mean, that's big because there is something different we've talked about in, in Toronto that time of year, you know, and like no other place. Um, yeah. Although I did look up somewhere that historically, if you look at the uh, the, the winners uh, at home versus on the road, it's probably it's, it's not that great as you would think it is. But there is something special about that place, and I, th I think that's big. Um, but they're on, hey, they're on a roll. They got a shot to win this thing. You know, they're in. They got a shot. They do. No, the momentum is certainly there, and uh, you know we're going to talk more about the Blue Jays, the brackets, but we also are going to have a great special guest coming up later in the show. I mean, you really pulled it out uh, uh, this week again. You had Josh Donaldson, week number one, Alec Manoa, week number two, and uh, this week, I mean, you topped that with a guy named is uh, known as Joey Bats. Everybody knows who he is. We're going to bring him up with the for the Gibby segment, for the Gabbing with Gibby. Uh, the guy who had the bat flip heard round the world is not only the bat flipper, that was a home run heard round the world, uh, and that was in Game 5 of the AL Division Championship Series, the elimination game of 2015, the one and only Jose Batista. and I'm sure you're looking forward to bringing Jose on. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen Jose in a while, but um, you know, as far as Toronto baseball goes, you know, he's, he's up there in the top, you know, uh, yeah. uh, yeah. and, uh historic home runs. Yeah. You know, you have the Joe Carter walk off that yep. that's uh, Carter's home runs. You know, when you're as a kid, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to hit a home run to win the world series. Right. Yeah. 
But there was just something special about Hosey's home run, you know, the, because it had been 23 years since the team had been in the postseason. Long a lot of frustrations, a lot of uh, uh, promises not upheld, you know. Um, so it was just everything came together at the right time. And Jose's, Jose is – he was the face of the franchise then, right? Had some huge years, but the, the surrounding team with him wasn't that good, you know. But finally things came, came together with some addition of some better players and some, some big-time trades. And so there wasn't a better guy to highlight or do, do the uh, – you know, come through with that home run than, than Jose. And, but he's, he always had the flair for the dramatic. There, there's no yeah. doubt about it. Um, but, yeah, he's the per, he's perfect guest for uh, uh, the pre-postseason show. The pre-postseason uh, post show. Pre show, yeah. I mean, we're de knee-deep into it. And, uh, you know, the clinch was, in, was inevitable uh, recently for the Jays. It was inevitable. But uh, uh, they quickly shifted their focus for the race for that home field advantage. Uh, uh, they did avoid the House of Horrors. They did avoid yes. the House of Horrors, and that's a big thing. But you you want to stay at home because you know to fly out to Seattle and face the Mariners out there, where you know they, they didn't really have the you know the uh, they had a losing record against the Mariners this year. Uh, so uh, 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 with the Rays, it was a nine and ten record. With the uh, Mariners, it was two and five. They only played seven times. Uh, those are the two uh, likeliest opponents, obviously. Uh, but any uh, any thoughts going into this scenario, Mariners, Rays? Uh, uh, what can you what can you tell us about uh, you know your feelings about these two potential uh, opponents uh, for the Jays? Well, you know, Johnny. Yeah, you definitely you don't you don't want to play Tampa down in Tampa. I can I can guarantee you that. No, you know, no. it doesn't mean you can't win down there. But if you if you had you know had your choice, don't do it. Um, yeah, now the way it looks as of today, you know, it could be them and the Mariners. Uh, and Seattle's good. I mean, they really are. You know, yeah. they've uh, they they made some big additions. They're a little bit banged up, uh, you know. But those guys will be healthy uh, come you know come game time at the end of the week. But you know, one thing they can do. I mean, they're you know what if you look at both teams, really, they're both uh, inexperienced from playoff wise, right? They're both mm -hmm. very talented young players. So you can almost throw that out the window, you know. This game's uh, it's the youngsters against the vets, you know, because it, uh, it, you know, Tampa's even the same way actually. It's when you run into the Yankees and the Astros that it's just the opposite, right? right? Yeah, I mean, in the brackets, in the brackets, I mean, right now uh, it's you know the winner of uh, the wild card round, which the Jays will be uh, involved with. Uh, you know, they got to face Houston. Right out of the box, right after that wild card series, you got to jump right in with the Astros, and that's not going to be easy for anybody. No, no, it's not. But they, yeah, you got. I mean, they got. They have the best team. They have the best record, and it's a seasoned veteran team, and it's guided by a pretty good one down there, Dusty Baker. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it should be a great all-around playoff, American League, National League, and this is what we've been waiting oh, yeah. on. You know, the damn the damn baseball season takes forever. That's a long. I know. Season. People I are always know. complaining. Hey, shorten this thing. Shorten this thing. Right. But, you know, once it gets here, there's nothing better. It's like Mark no, Madness, I mean, you know? This has been so exciting. I mean, just because of the new element of the of the new wildcard teams, so more teams get an opportunity to get into it. Uh, and the wildcard is not one game anymore. It's, uh, yeah. you know, two out of three, which is also adds to the excitement. And you get right into the division series, three out of five. Then the uh, league championship series, four out of seven in the World Series. It's going to be a great October, and it's going to be a great early November, and anything can happen. And that's what's so great about the playoffs. 
uh, a team where you think would be like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. They could go all the way and win the World Series. So when you're hot, uh, well, anything can happen. Uh, yeah, look at the Atlanta Braves last year, right? Yes. Uh, my old team. Yes. You know, I think it was up until August they were, you know, a couple games under 500, right? Mm-hmm. And then Anthopolis, you know, he does what he does best. He made some great deals down. And, what a and it, team he built. You know, and it came together, you know. It's like, you know, they brought in some more of these hard-nosed, get-dirty type players. You know, it's kind of throwback style. Yeah. And they caught fire. And you know what? They were hot at the right time, and they ran through that playoffs. Uh, so that's that's all it takes. You know, so anybody could really win that. I mean, you look around, there's some good teams in there too, you know. and uh, But it definitely helps when you're hot and if you got good pitching. That is right. And there's a little bit of a problem right now with one of the Toronto starters, uh uh, Kevin Gaussman, uh, uh, final start of the season. He left uh, after just three innings. He had a cut on his right middle finger. Uh, troubling timing uh, with his next start scheduled for the uh, for the wild card series. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, that's you, you definitely don't want that. And it was smart to no. get him out of the game. But you know, you never really. Uh, I tell you, if you're on the outside, you, you you never really know to the to the the extent that the injury is right. Because when you're on the inside, because we've I've dealt with that with you know a guy like Aaron Sanchez with blisters, you know you downplay it, you this or that. Uh, it's not that you don't give people the truth, but you you really don't know, right? So you have to you have to be conservative. But a pitcher makes his living off the feel of his fingertips, right? Exactly. And so if that's a little. Um, uh, hey, who's that guy from Cleveland of 16? Uh, Bauer, remember Bauer? Now, he cut it. Bauer. He running, okay. Yeah. He said, I, actually, obviously, he's got more issues now than that. He's got a lot a bigger issues finger. than a finger. Yeah. I guess maybe he's giving us a finger. I don't know what that Yeah, but, maybe. Uh, I mean, he, he did in 16. So, but you know what? You, they live and die. That's, the, that's their livelihood is, is their fingertips and the feel in that because when they throw different pitches, and he, you know, he, I know he's got that good split. I mean, yeah. that, it's, that's, that's a feel thing. So hopefully it's not that big a deal for their sake. Um, yeah. But, you know. Uh, he had a great first season. I mean, uh, you know, first of his five-year $110 million deal. Uh, so he's had a great season. And, you know, behind Alec, uh, who's expected to start game one, as he rightfully should. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. look what he's doing. Uh, I mean, you sent me a uh, – uh, a photo of uh, of the ERA plus and and where he stood with some of the elite players in the game. I mean, Alec is uh, Alec is is kicking butt oh, yeah. and he's taking names and he's finished up in a wonderful. What a great season for him and what a great uh, what a great choice. Uh, obviously, the obvious choice is start game one. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, you know, Johnny, yeah, there's something different about this kid. It's not just a great arm and a great competitor. You know, there's, I mean, he's a big, strong target. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the kind of guy that uh, – Big Puma. It, yeah, big Puma. You know, they're going <laughs> to hop on his back. He's going he's gonna to lead the way, and if he's got to fight, he's going to fight you. And then you take him off the field, and he's the most charm, one of the most charming, likable guys you'll ever have. You know, I can't say that's, that's not a normal combination, but it, it – uh, you know, there's something, and he's emotional. And I think a lot of times you're going to go into those those series, and uh, everybody's going to be a little tight, especially when you're young. That's that's normal, right? When you're a human being. But a guy like Alex that bounces around, he gets emotional. I think that'll help relax everybody a little bit too. And it'll all, yeah. you know, it'll also I think work in in uh, his his favor, and of course in the team's favor against their opponent. You know, because he's an intimidating guy. Yeah. Very much. It's going to be an exciting week. I mean, by the time we do our next show, the wild card will be decided already. So uh, 
you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a uh, a show that we cover some really happy stuff, or we're going to be like, hmm. but I have a I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling for the Jays. They do. Yeah, they're, I mean they're good, but you know, every team that gets in there is good. Yes, you know it. Uh, this is what they play for all year. Yeah, and it's it is kind of, it is nice that you got three games or you know possibly three games in the wild card. At home. But 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 there is something to that one game do or die, right? You know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's high it, anxiety. Yeah, and I, and and uh, you know because in the old days, you know, if you had to win your division, right, to to, to get in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and so that's the ultimate goal, and that's the beautiful thing about it. And so when you didn't get in that way, you know, you get punished a little bit. You get one shot here. You know, you didn't win the division. We're doing you a favor. You're in, and so you know, yeah, I, I get it. The three games probably makes it more fair, but there's just something about that. Hey, hey, you didn't you didn't win the division. You better win this one, or you know what? No, no complaining because you know exactly. So right. Hey, another uh, another baseball news. I mean, here's a guy that's under an incredible amount of pressure, and that is uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron uh, obviously tied the American League uh, home run record with uh, 61. He failed to hit number 62 on this last homestand. He's also chasing the triple crown. Uh, he's now uh, second uh, to Minnesota's uh, Luis Arias. Judges a 311 uh, batting average, and Arias is a 315. So now he's heading to Texas. Uh, maybe it'll relax him. I mean, the stadium was sold out at Yankee Stadium, and Judge is not chasing one, just one amazing record which is the home run, uh, uh, all-time home run record, but he's also chasing a triple crown. What must be going through his head? And you think leaving uh, the big city in New York and finishing up the season in Texas is going to help him? What do you say? What do you say that you think things are easier down in Texas? Or we do relax a little bit more. You guys are a lot more low-key, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can only imagine what he's going through. But he, he seems, on the outside, he seems good. Yeah. You know what? Obviously, he's got to be churning. He wants it so bad. The baseball world wants it so bad. But I was thinking the other day, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a bad thing if they end up tied, you know, because if that's the way, you know, you you you, you bridge the old Yankee with the new Yankee, you know, and then, uh, uh, you know, Maris still, you know, his family's still feeling good and you got a new one, you know, because anytime you hit that much, you know, I think, I, I don't know, uh, maybe that's the old school in me, but it's it's been fun to watch. I think you know the yes. most incredible thing, like you said, he's going for the triple crown. Usually, those guys that hit all those home runs, yeah, they're they're good hitters, but you don't view him as that kind of hitter, right? No, but, uh, no. And so no, that's he's what had, he's had a historic really... season, a historic yeah. season. And you know what? Judge. He bet on himself. He didn't sign that he contract. <laughs> hey, nice going, kid. He's gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's what's going on in, in baseball, and uh, we'll be following everything. Uh, and uh, you know, the Gabby for Gibby segment is next. All right, we're back with another Gabbing with Gibby segment. Yeah, how's that uh, sound, Jose? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, week number one, Josh Donaldson, Alec Manoa. Week number two, and week number three, he is. Uh, he is Joey Bats. He is the guy that hit one of the most historic home runs in the history of the Blue Jays. It was kind of a home run heard around the world with uh, the bat flip that was kind of heard around the world. Uh, it's our pleasure uh, to reunite Gibby with Jose Batista. Jose, welcome to Gabbing with Gibby. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, you know, Hose, we got you. Well, first, hey, it's good to see you, man. You look good. I tell you, you really look good. Some of us, some of us naturally age better than others. And uh, 
I don't know. Does that mean you don't have much stretch in your life now or what? That's right. I, uh, I think we're, we're both blessed in that uh, regard, but yeah, a much more <laughs> uh, relaxed lifestyle nowadays. So I'm looking for eight hours last night. Well, you earned that, but you know, the reason we had you out waited for this week is it's a, like the pre post game or post, you know, post season guest, right? Uh, did you look back at what you accomplished in the post season with the Blue Jays? You know, I mean, you, you got off, right? Yeah. Uh, and not only that, you know, you were, you were there, you, you were always a face in the franchise for the Blue Jays. And you were there during some lean years, but you were there when things started to change. Right. And then when, when, when the, we, the team was in dire straits with, with all expectation 15, you came through. So, but we'll get, we'll, and we'll get, we'll get to the coup de grace here in a, in a minute, but uh, is life good? Well, you just retired. You just, are you, have you, have you officially retired yet? Or people have asked me that. I, I didn't know for sure. I did. Um, I mean, not that I announced it, but you know, right. I am retired. Uh, it came at a weird time where my last season wasn't great. Uh, and then the next year was COVID and I was still hoping to play. And, and that kind of threw a wrench in my plans. And because of that reason, you know, and while the world was going through, I've always, you know, stayed away from announcing it. I didn't feel like it was appropriate. You know, people had other stuff to be worried about. But yes, I am retired and um, I enjoyed uh, coming back to play a little bit in the Olympics, you know, uh, in Tokyo with Team Dominican. And that was fun. But yeah, yeah you got a big um, knock, didn't you? A big game winning knock in that or something? I did. It was fun. Well, you've been known to do that. You know, I guess that shouldn't surprise me anyway, you know. Yeah, I've been lucky to be put in those positions and then even luckier to kind of come through. So I've enjoyed those moments for sure. Hey, quit being so humble and modest, man. There's no luck to it, man. When you're good, you're good, you know. And I'm going to tell you, too, you know, they talk about analytics nowadays, right? And this is one of my big arguments. Yeah, numbers are good. I get all that. They talk about RBIs don't, don't mean anything because it's a product of more opportunities. And I say, okay, well, yeah, your big guys get more opportunities, no doubt, where they're hitting the middle of the lineup. But there's something to it. There, you can't anybody just can't go up there. You know, the the guys, the run producers, your middle of the lineup guys, they're able to slow the game down. They're able to relax, and you know that's that's why everybody doesn't get walk off hits. That's why everybody doesn't have big years driving and runs. So that's my big argument, you know, and, and one of them. But you know, you were. Uh, you were one of the premier hitters in, in the game, you know, and, and, and are you following the Blue Jays much now? Are you? Yeah, I do. I follow baseball in general, but for sure. I mean, I spent 10 years in Toronto. It's my second home in my right. heart. So I, I do pay attention for, for sure. Okay. Cause you know, I was, we, I was watching the Yankees the other day and, and judge, you know, was going for, you know, the record, right. And mm-hmm. I, you hit 54 home runs one year. It's, you know, that's not a heck of a lot off far off from 61. You know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, that, that's incredible. I think I, that's probably there's been very few guys in the history to ever do that. 26. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad somebody knew that. Now, if I think about that, in the history of the game, the number of guys, and in, in I think, you know, with Judge, the focus has been on that this year. Uh, damn, you know, Hosey, Hosey did that. And then the next year, he popped 40 something, I, I think. So, People, I, I I know people know that, but sometimes things get lost sometimes in the the impact you made and, and things like that. Uh, uh, so you're one of the definitely one of the true premier power hitters in the game. Uh, but I got I got a question for you. All right, I'm going to say a statement first. I'm and I have never seen anything like this before. Right. Uh, well, first, let me before I get to that, people have asked me about different different players that I manage. Right. About 
you know, personalities, what have you. And I always say this, or I said, and I've had some good ones. I've managed some good ones and, and really dedicated and professional guys. And I always tell them this, Jose is number one on my list for the guy that showed up every day to play, you know, everybody thinks, well, that should be the case. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? You, you played through injuries when you could, right. You understood the importance, you know, the people were coming to watch you, you know, everybody doesn't understand that. And you, you, you knew that your team needed you and you know, you were going to maximize everything you had in your career. And I tip my hat to you. Cause you know what, that, that, I think that's the biggest compliment I can, I can give you. Right. That you, 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 a manager, front office, whoever does not have to worry about, is this guy going to post, you know, and you did it, you did it over and over. And I can, I, I, I asked, I asked like our star players all the time. Hey, let me know if you need a day off. And I'm sure I've asked you that before. Yeah. And you said, no, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And, and that gummit, there was times you could have, but you would, you wouldn't. And, and, you know, and, uh, we needed you and the fans needed you. So I tip my hat to you for that. And, uh, is that some you were just driven? You were you were a driven guy, but I think you understood the importance of uh, the fans, and they came to watch you, right? I did, and I took pride in that. And that's one of those things that you don't necessarily lead with in interviews or trying to tell people about it because you don't want to seem like you're tooting your own horn or, or right. you want to, uh, you know, come off as a guy that's about himself. But you do that quietly. You you put your time in, and hopefully, people like yourself, you know, after a long career, can come back and say, you know he was he was that kind of guy and and I, I took pride in doing that every single day um just so i could be there for everybody just so i can give my all and when i retired and I, when i was done i could say you know what every single day that i stepped out there i gave everything i had so i feel proud of that for sure well and you should be because i, I see nowadays like the that you know how science or whatever, whatever it is in baseball now that you know they have better ideas on health and injuries what have you and now nowadays they schedule schedule days off and i'm thinking really you know because it used to be a badge of honor in baseball if you play 162 hard to do most guys can do it. but that was kind of the goal right you get through it so i was thinking when i've heard that i think schedule day off that's a good thing they got rid of me there too you know <laughs> you try to tell hey Jose, you got a scheduled day off on uh tuesday it's a sunny really good good luck selling that you know <laughs> But right. I don't know, you know, so, but it's uh, you know what, you're, you're a rare player, but I got a couple questions for you. Another couple questions. I had never seen this before. You got, you got thrown at a bunch, right? I'm going to, I'm going to say you were kind of a villain in the league. Would you agree with that or not? And I think it, it amongst your team, you were not, everybody loved you, but you, you uh, in the league, you were kind of a villain. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people didn't really like my public image wasn't necessarily a reflection of who I was in reality. You know, um, some people saw me as, you know, a little bit uh, of a tough guy. A lot other people saw me, like you said, a villain. Some guys thought I complain about, you know, certain things too much. Uh, strike zone, maybe umpires. You know what? I was in a zone mentally that I felt like I needed to get to every single day so I can be the best version of myself. It came with some you know, baggage or some stuff to deal with, but it's the only way that I knew how to operate. You know, I, I couldn't have given myself a fair chance to play my career feeling like I was bringing it every day if I didn't play that way. And I wasn't going to tone myself down and then wonder what if or complain about it later when I, if I didn't do well. So I got nothing uh, to regret. I, I did what I did uh, 
in the way that I felt was I was best suited to give it my all every single day. So it came with some stuff. But you know what? I felt the same way about guys like Pedroia. He was annoying. He was pesky. He, you know, he got under my skin in his ways, but I admire him as a player because he right. knew how to do stuff. Same with Euclid, same with Donaldson. You know, there's guys that, but that's also good for the diversity of the game in the sense of you don't want everybody to have the same personality out there. In our sport, it's not golf. It's not etiquette. You don't, you're not golf clapping all the time. You know, you, you yeah. got to have some fire. You got to come yeah. in with, some, you know, you got to have some passion every now and then. And, uh, I was one of the guys that led with that. I played, you know, that was my drive. I, I, I played with my emotions on my sleeve. Yeah. And you know what, Ozzy? That's what made you so good. That was a big part of it. But, uh, you know, a big part of it, too, is when you burn these other teams enough times, of course, they're not going to like you. Right. Correct. And, uh, you know, and you, and you mentioned, you know, you had had it out with some umpires. But, you know, they say, well, he argues too much. Well, wrong, because, you know, he led the league damn near every year in walks. So, you know, it was, it was paying <laughs> off or he was right. I mean, so there's a lot of things. But, uh, you know, like you, you mentioned Josh Donaldson. Josh was the same way. You know, you wear it on your sleeve. And that, but that's important. That's what brings out the best in you. And you know what? The, I agree with you. the game needs personalities. You know, this blah, you know, cookie cutter, you know, choir boy thing. That the fans don't like that. People like the, you know, they like they like the personalities, whether it's a villain or the good guy or whatever it is. But your teammates loved you. Your fans loved you. In in uh, whether that was, in, I know it was misinterpreted, but you know what? All that matters is you got the most out of your career, and the and the people that know you, they know who you are. Correct. And this public perception, which is I'm totally okay with. And I read stuff and I look at stuff in other industries and other sports. And and I always take it with a grain of salt, right? Because, you know, it gets publicized and promoted in a certain way. But I always think, you know what? I don't know that person, you know, one on one. So I don't really know what they're like. But like you said, too, like guys burn other teams enough and they get hated. There's there's no bigger true gentleman in the game of baseball than Derek Jeter. And he was hated a lot because again, he was a good player that always because you're good. Yeah. Right. So that does exist. But, um, you know, I, I go back and I remember guys like Manny Ramirez, like Gary Sheffield, those guys that play with fire, Albert Bell, those guys were, you know, had different styles and different personalities, but same level of intensity, same level of passion and emotion. And I, I think I was more in that category than the Derek Jeter category. Right. So you look back on your career right now. You, you, obviously, you're happy about it. You Correct. Know, you, yeah. You, I mean, you, but you, uh, but you, you were a late bloomer. You know, we had a few guys. Eddie was a late bloomer. Donaldson was a late bloomer. And then until you finally got that that opportunity that you were screaming for, right? Somebody gave you an opportunity that you, and you since you believed in yourself, that's when it all happened, right? In in the hey, it makes you appreciate it in a different way, and. And maybe that's perhaps why I kind of had that edge and I came to fight every day, no matter if I was a starter or what I had accomplished. I always felt like I needed to show up and prove myself every single day. You know, I didn't take anything for granted. And, um, you know, I gave I gave it all and I left it all out there for sure. Yes, you did. All right. Let's talk about the coup de grace, man, in uh, that playoff game, game five, 2015. All right. Take I want to hear your your opinion. You can take us through that a little bit. Remember that. Remember that the top of the you know when, uh, you know the the Russell stole the ball back and hits Chew's bat and it's like chaos ensued, right? And uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on all that. What do you? Got? I'll, even, I'll even take it back a little bit and, and start with the whole series. We were down 0-2. 
And I don't know if, if people remember that, but from our perspective as players, those guys were getting a little cocky. They beat us in the second game in Toronto. We lost the first two at home. And they were, you know, celebrating on the field, stumbling over the, the railing there in the dugout. There were videos of them circulating in social media, wiping their behinds with, you know, our, our rally towels and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of took exception to some of those things. Again, these are, these are some of the things that happen in the background that maybe don't come out in, in the public. But so we went into Texas with a chip on our shoulder and we showed it. We beat him. We tied the series and we brought it back to Toronto. And that game was insane. Right. So now we're talking about how they score their first run. It's exactly that. Russ throwing the ball back and it hits choose bad. And the, the rules didn't help us in, in that regard. You know, it worked to their favor. They got the run. But then, you know, we definitely had the momentum in the series, not maybe in that game, but there was just a lot of crazy stuff that started to happen with our errors and loading up the bases and the blooper because they were playing the infielding for apparently um, no reason at, at that moment. Uh, so everything worked uh, to our favor to get to uh, to my bat with the runners on base. And, you know, I think having faced – uh, Dyson a few times that season and in that series and not experiencing success off of him, knowing what how he was attacking me and placing a bet that he's going to try to get me out the same way. Just feed off those sinkers down and in and uh, every now and then throw a split in the dirt kind of in the same, you know, angle to try to get me to swing over it. That's how he got most people out those few years when he was elite. Um, if you remember his, his splits were like 92% sinker and 8% split. So I was just hoping he, he'd, um, elevated. So the only thing I was saying, because I had a man on third and I think it was a two one game at that point is get something up and try to drive it in the outfield. But you know how it is when you're, you have that approach, you get yourself ahead on the count. The pitcher feels like he can't really miss. I had boppers behind me, so he couldn't really pitch around me. Right. So, um, you know, he threw that sinker. He left it higher than, than, than he would have liked. But my, my approach was not to hit a homer. My approach was to just to get the ball out of the apple. But when you get those sinkers that stay up in the zone and you just barrel them, you barely even have to swing hard because the ball will just jump off your bat like a trampoline and it'll, it'll land in the stands. That's exactly what happened. And that's one of the biggest moments, um, like you guys said, in, in Blue Jays history, I would say uh, Joe Baseball Carter has a, history. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that list. I think Joe Carter had a pretty big one as well. Robbie Alomar hit a home run in Oakland that was pretty important. So I'm, I'm glad to be in that company, but by far the biggest in my career, you know, the biggest moment in my career. Uh, hey, biggest one in my, my career, man. <laughs> <laughs> be a couple of extra years, dude. You think I don't know that? Hey, look, but but this proves my point. I said a minute ago, right? We talked about RBIs, guys, clutch players, right? The way you were describing that, right? There's chaos in that place. You know, the the place was erupting after you know uh, at the when Odor scored on the the throwback to the mound, right? And then so there's chaos in that place. And I was sitting on the bench, you know, things are happening so fast and I'm, and I'm trying to concentrate with, and it was hard to concentrate. Right. So you, you go up to the plate, right. And the way you're describing it, how you're thinking, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm looking for. I'm going to do this and that. That's what makes the great players. Most guys are going, or, or there's, it's so, uh, uh, such an overwhelming pressure that they, and they're human beings. They, they cringe on it, but the greats, no, they, they, they're able to slow the game down. 
This is my approach. This is what I've done my whole career. This is why I'm one of the elite. That's that, that is so hard to do And that. You know what? That's why you end up hitting a home run. You know, because most guys, a lot of guys punch out, you know, I was able to single out the most important thing at that moment for me to execute in that situation, which was focused on the pitcher. How is he going to try to get me out? It helped that he didn't have a six pitch repertoire. Right. Um, but he was really successful. He was really good. Uh, and his ball moved a ton, but, I kept my approach simple, got myself a hitter's count, and bought myself a pitch in the zone, and then I didn't miss it. Which, when you when you try to put into a summary what is hitting all about, that's it right there. If you do that consistently enough throughout a career, you're going to be a, a hell of a player. And I was able to do that in that at bat. Well, you got to have some talent, too. Man. I mean, there's not every Joe Blow on the street that can't swing a bat can't do that. But but you're right. Oh, okay. 100%. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know uh, you follow. Let's, uh, but let's I, felt like the, I felt like the, the earth was shaking. The earth yeah. was shaking after that moment. You know, the oh. cameras were shaking, the whole noise. And, you know, after I made contact, I don't remember coming to until I was sitting in the dugout. You know, it was happened so fast and the emotions were running so high that, I basically lost, you know, my ability to remember when I was running around the bases, when I was celebrating with those guys. So for me to recall all that, I have to look at the video because I don't remember. The next thing I kind of remember is coming back to when I'm in the dugout trying to get a drink of water. Oh, so that's when you became human, huh? You were human yeah. before you you weren't <laughs> human before you went up there. Now, now you're, you know what? I, I, you know what? That 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 home run right there could not have happened to a more appropriate guy on the team and in Toronto's you were the you were the face of the franchise you you were very productive even through the lean years so if somebody else hits that it doesn't mean the same in my eye you know and uh so you know it's uh they, all right now all right now we got to move on now a little bit okay they I got a I go got ahead, a question John. for both of you I really do I mean because I Obviously, you know, the momentum and everything that happened, the bat flip, and there were hard feelings. It spilled over into the next season, May 2016, uh, with you and Odor. It was uh, what happened, and I watched the whole thing again yesterday, and uh, I want to get both of your takes on what happened during that brawl because it was a wild scene. I mean, first and foremost, and – and Gibby, what I can remember about you is like when it broke out and you're there protecting your player, you're patting him on the back and Bannister is like going wild and screaming and you're just kind of smirking at him. It was one of the wildest baseball brawls I ever saw. I want to take you guys back to what happened in 2016. Let you both discuss it from your perspective and like let us know. What was that like? I mean, after the after the season was over in 2015, the and then all of a sudden in May, it explodes. So I, I want to hear, like everybody else does, what happened from your viewpoint. Well, let me start this off, Ozzy, and I'll let you run with it. Because after it happened, right, first off, first nobody celebrated home runs more than the Texas Rangers I don't, then, then and now, right? So, so it's a little bit, I think more of it's, you know, that they, you know, they coughed up the lead, you know, after up, being up two games and nothing. But I can remember talking to Hosey because it became, you know, became such a, uh, an issue well the bat flip the bat flip right hey how about nowadays man if you don't flip the bat something's wrong right you know what else? right but so i i'm i'm yeah i remember talking to him saying and you told me he said you know what they're probably going to drill me next year you know what and you, you're gonna you'll take it and you'll go to first base i remember you telling me that so so we go into that season we play okay everybody's kind of expecting it 
I, nobody agreed with it, but then, okay, you do it. Then we'll see what happens after that. Right. So we play them at four games at home. Nothing happens. Right. Okay. Then we, then we go down to Texas for three games set. Nothing happens till the last game. That was, I didn't last like game, didn't last think, back. Yeah. So to me, that was, and I said that that was gutless. You know what, if, because the, you know, people talk about the etiquette of the game or the unwritten rules. Yeah, but there is some that matter. If you, if you don't like something, let's go. Do it. You know what? Then, then you know, the other team settles or what have you. But the fact that you wait that way and, and you got a guy that wasn't even on that team that year that throws hard, I thought it was gutless. And I, and I won't change my mind on that. And you know what? We ended up getting the last laugh in 16. But go ahead. What, what was your take on all that? No, uh, I'll start off the same. And we played them seven times and nothing happened to the last at bat knowing that, you know, we're probably not going to get a chance to retaliate, which is, you know, gutless in, in, in your words. And I agree. Um, but definitely not my proudest moment, just because I don't like carrying myself in that way as an example to other kids. But more because it was a quick one and I was on the receiving end. Right. So but um, it's been a while and I can look at it from now, you know, trying to put emotions aside um, from the game perspective. Right. And somebody that played it for a long time. And um, I feel like all things put aside, I respect the game. Like I usually ran hard and I show up every day and I give him all and you can say whatever you want, but I know what I did and how I felt about the game. Um, getting hit like that is what made me have that chip on my shoulder at first base and take that hard slide at second. Now, could I have blown him up? Absolutely. I was trying to send a message again. Um, in my opinion, the way they dealt with it was not the best way but everybody has a choice and they chose to do what they they wanted it's not for me to judge whatever but something i can control and say and come back and say you know i didn't appreciate it and i take that hard slide without hurting anybody and right. it is what it is um you know it's uh the fight broke out afterwards um it didn't feel good to go through that uh in front of fifty thousand and and the world but, um, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's sometimes you, you win, sometimes you lose. And it's been a while. So I feel comfortable talking about it now. And it's something that, um, you know, probably a lesson for me in the future, which uh, I've carried on since that moment. But uh, I didn't expect the reaction to be what it was either. You know, that's something that oh, definitely nobody. caught me by surprise. Yes. Because um, usually in baseball, you get to the, you know. I'm upset. You're upset. We get close. You shove me. You like we did. We show our disagreement and we go on our about it in in, in our way. You know, right. so that's not what happened. And um, you know, I can't really speak for the other side, but it definitely caught me by surprise. And uh, it was a le uh, a learning lesson for me. And um, but you know, we did I have a chance to kind of figure out a way to get back uh, at Odora in a way that I that I could and that baseball guys deal with stuff from time to time. Yeah. But I chose to not uh, get myself involved in that energy and, and that, that uh, whole situation anymore. I walked away from that moment saying, you know, this is done for me. And, and I'm glad I did so because, you know, my conscience is, is definitely clean. And from the perspective of, you know, yes, uh, it wasn't the result that I would like from any brawl in my life, but, um, I did what I did for reasons that I felt were justified. And I looked after people's safety uh, while voicing my, my displeasure with, with how things were dealt with. So uh, that's, that's all I got to say about that one.
Well, you know, Hose, you've always, yeah, you know, you, you're a classy guy, right? And, you know, like you said about kids and all, that matters to you. You know what? And you know what? Baseball used to be played. If somebody got drilled, okay, you know what? The middle infield was, uh-oh. The guy would go to take his first base, right? If there's a ground ball, if it, if it would be ideal, they go in there and they go after you, right? That's, the middle infielders knew it. That was part of the game, what have you. But no, there's never any punches thrown at baseball. That's what caught you off guard. That's what caught everybody. You know, yeah. usually it's like you said. So if you, nobody expected, I'm going. Anyway, I was inside. Uh, I had got ejected anyway. But <laughs> but the bottom line is we came back in, in uh, 16 in the playoffs and and, uh, and and took care of that too. So, But the other cool part about it was, you know, everybody came out and everybody had my back. And not that I didn't expect anything different but it showed how united we were as a team um and that would happen to me or pilar or Stroman, like anybody we we all had each other's back and that was a great showing of that so i feel well, I, I feel happy with that well everybody knew it was a cheap shot too hosey and and uh it was it, it was unwarranted anyway from the from the bat flip really come on we're gonna get that you know i mean think you know you know what i mean but i tell you what hey, i'm proud of you man you know what uh it's it's part it's part of the game sometimes but you know what you got the last laugh again you'd like you have many times in your career and uh, so but uh, hey so what do you okay this yeah, the, right the, here, next, the next year we came back to texas and put it to him again and hit another homer and got to enjoy yeah. that well dude you've been known to do that man you know you, you know that you know hey, what a better way to do it man you know because now they now they can boo you all you want but you're, you're hitting another round tripper you know so right anyway so but you had a wonderful career, you know. You you really did, and it. Uh, it's. I'm honored to, you know, have, having a chance to manage you. You know, I really, really am. So, and I'm glad I got to play for you as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored yeah. to hear both of you reminisce, man. I mean, I I did have a, uh, you know, you you seem to be uh, someone who wants to have a huge influence on kids. And uh, I know that uh, you started a foundation. You're president and founder of the Batista Family Education Fund. Can you tell us a little bit more about that foundation, when it was formed, and what the mission is for it? Well, we uh, we formed it, you know, back in 2010 when I signed my big deal with with the Blue Jays. Um, you know, I came to college through with help from a different foundation that did basically exactly what my foundation did was trying to find opportunities for student athletes to go uh, from third world countries, Dominican, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, to come to the U.S. To go to to be student athletes in their particular sports, not necessarily just baseball, and and be you know part of the the college experience and and come here and get great education and hopefully college degrees. And for some guys like myself, you end up getting signed and drafted and getting a contract and then making it to the big leagues. But at the same time, where I got my big deal, the gentleman that founded that um, the foundation um, had gotten ill and and uh, has since passed away but he couldn't continue the efforts of the foundation so i decided to kind of pick it up and for legal reasons it was better for me to start my own than kind of taking over his um but we replicated his model and we were able to help we have since shut down or we're on pause at the moment because of administration um issues and i'll explain that in a second but we were able to help 64 kids over an eight-year period to come to the united states and get their college degrees which um, 63 of them did. We had one, one kid that unfortunately couldn't finish. But um, everybody that was uh, a part of my foundation from you know, a board of directors perspective was donating their money in order to manage the foundation itself. 
Um, so we didn't have to spend one dollar in administration costs other than legal. Um, so every dollar that got donated basically went straight to the kids. Um, when that couldn't happen anymore because of all those guys that I, I had helping me out run the foundation, kept getting promotions at work uh, and their life just got busier. Um, I decided to kind of st- take a step back and see how we can kind of reshuffle the deck in a sense and, and figure out a, a more effective way to, to manage the foundation while getting all the dollars that get donated to go directly to the kids. So we're working through that right now, but um, I'm glad that we were able to help uh, all those kids for all that time. And, uh, you know, we have success stories left and right. So we have kids that are attorneys, kids that are working in the corporate world for companies like UPS and Enterprise Rental Cars. We have about 10 that are working for major league teams in the minor leagues and for office staff. Uh, there's success stories left and right. There's, we had tennis players. We had golf players. Um, we had boys. We had girls. We were able to help a broad spectrum of, of individuals through the foundation. And hopefully we can uh, kind of figure out a, a new way to, to effectively move forward and, and uh, continue to help kids down the road. Good for you, man. You know, yeah. People don't always realize that they see, you know, they see the baseball stuff. and everybody doesn't do it either. You know, uh, right? So, but uh, yeah, you know, I felt I was, felt like I was obligated, you know, to kind of pass it on. You bet. Yeah. Somebody helped me; it was my turn to help others. You know, Hose. You not only were you a great baseball player, right? And uh, and you did it for a long time. You're a special human being uh, that that cares more than about the game, right? But you gave it your all, and you know what? Uh, a wonderful family, man, and, and uh, you know what? It's just just one of the good guys. That's I guess I, some of, you're one of the good guys. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyway, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and we really appreciate you coming on uh, this segment, the uh, Gabbing with Gibby segment. It's been a pleasure and an honor for me to just to to talk to you and meet you and and John. It's been another great segment, and uh, yeah. just want to thank you again, Jose. Hey, and they're getting, ready for play- they're getting ready for playoff baseball up in Toronto. So how about them Jays? Hey, I, I was going to ask you, you got who, who's going to win it all this year? I don't, you don't have to be politically correct because you're an absolute <laughs> Jay. Who, who's, who's your favorite? Who's going to put it this way? Who's going to play the Blue Jays in the World Series? Let's put it that way. All right. Um, I want the rivalry, so I'm hoping for the Braves. I want the Braves and Anthopolis to come into town and, and kind of. Ah, yeah. That would be, be a good one. Yeah, there's, I hey, see there's how, a shot. There's a chance. There is a chance. Um, I'm. I like the way their team is put together too. So um, I'm. I think I'm, that's the way that I approach and look at the game. And you know, while I admire the Yankees and the Dodgers and some other organizations because of what they do, um, I like the team makeup of the Atlanta Braves and and how they they play and how they're managed and and how they go about their business. I really, I think. Uh, they're, they set a good example. Other teams do as well, but I like that flavor, right? It's not like one is, is the only way to do it, but I like I like how they do things. Perfect. Well, listen, pal, hey, thanks for taking some time out to spend with us. You know, you uh, you made our day. You made my day, and it's good to see you again. Now I'm looking forward to that day they put you up there. What do they call that? The Hall of Fame, the Wall of Fame up there in Toronto? The, yeah, the level of excellence. Level of excellence, for crying out loud. How can I not know that? <laughs> So when you go in, man, hopefully I get to come up there and and watch it, pal. So, but listen, you take care. 
keep up the great work, you know, and take care of that family. Enjoy, enjoy uh, your retirement. I, though it's not officially retirement and, uh, we appreciate everything and your class act. And that's the most important thing in life. Like I said, thank you for having me and thinking of me. So I appreciate you, Gibby. You bet, pal. Take care. All right. Take it easy. Once again, great interview with one of the uh, one of the great uh, guests that we've had over the last three weeks. John, I you keep coming out with you keep you keep bringing the best to the show. You keep bringing the best to the show. And no, I don't know about that. Hey, but you know what? The, well, two of the three it made a big difference in my life. Put it that way. You know? And oh, it's absolutely. an honor to me. You know what? One of the thrills and one of the honors in this game when you manage is you know if if you get a team that's got some superstars on there. And uh, not only that, they're good guys, you know, and uh, they made a huge difference not only in my life, you know, but in the uh, both of them in the city of Toronto's and the, the country of Canada. Um, yes. But there's more than they're more than just baseball players. They're a little vo- right. they could be a little volatile and they in both the uh, little uh, polarizing. And, yeah. And Josh and, and uh, Hosey mm-hmm. are were considered villains around the league. Uh, I don't know if that was justified, but uh, we'll take it. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, now, you know, obviously each and every week we answer questions from the fans. So if you want uh, to have your chance to ask Gibby a question, just send us an email at uh, askgibbyshow at gmail.com. We got a couple of real good ones this week. And, you know, there's so many to choose from. But uh, uh, these two uh, that we're going to do today are are pretty good. Uh, The first one comes from uh, Andrew Richardson. And he uh, asks... Gibby, you've worked with a few different front offices throughout your tenure as manager for the Blue Jays, Riccardi, J.P. Riccardi, Anthropolis, Atkins. Were there any major philosophical differences that radically affect the way you did your job? Thank you for consideration, Andrew Richardson. Hey, to be fair, you might want to ask all three of those guys what they thought <laughs> working with me. But, you know, they were all, Johnny, they, they were all different, right? Uh, yeah. You know, JP gave me my opportunity, you know. Our and, world roommate, you know, you, yeah. That's right. You know him well. We were all, all roomies, man. Figure that out, right? We're still around. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, Alex Anthopoulos was JP's assistant, and he brought me back. And then yeah. Ross, poor Ross inherited me, man. I feel bad from his first gig, and he uh, has to inherit me. <laughs> but, we, hey, we got to the playoff his first year, so that ain't bad. Uh, I was 16. Yeah. But you know what? Physically, philosophically, that's a hard word to pronounce um, for me. Um, <laughs> you know what? Well, J- JP, JP is kind of more old school, but he came from Billy Bean. He was uh, Billy's right hand man out there in Oakland, so he had the money ball taken over, right? Yep. So he he uh, he understood that, but he was a very good balance. Um, you know, then Alex came. Alex Alex came along, another good baseball mind. Um, a little more intellectual on the on the that side of baseball, but he was smart enough to know, hey, you know, there's a human element to this, and I gotta let these guys be be who they are, you know. But he, uh, I can't say they forced the analytics because nobody ever forced anything on me, you know. They yeah. let me do my job because mm-hmm. bottom line, if if the team's playing well, great. If if not, then you're gonna have to be held accountable. So why wouldn't you let the manager do his job, right? Otherwise, you got to fire yourself, and I don't know if that's happened yet, right? No. So, but all the people would love it. It hadn't happened yet. Um, so, and then with with Ross coming, it was it was his first first year on the job. And uh, when I was managing Double A with the uh, Binghamton Mets, Ross was playing played on the Akron team that um, 
Cleveland's team. I didn't know him. I, I do remember the name. He was a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was new to the job, so I knew he, he and Shapiro were very tight. And, yeah, they, they had a different way of thinking than me. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, they're a little bit more polished than I am. And, and the fact that they did not bring me in, you know, I, I don't think they really knew what to expect out of me. Uh, and it, it, a, G, it's, it's, a general manager should get his own guy in there. They have every right to, and they should, because if, you're, if, if, you're, if your job and your life depends on it, then you want somebody that you know, uh, you know. But things have been gone well, and I appreciate they kept me around. But I'm def- I was definitely different than they were. Uh, I was uh, with JP. Yeah, I mean we we we'd uh, we'd throw it around pretty good. And Alex, we throw it around pretty good. Uh, not not as much with Ross because you know there was still uh, well, it was a new regime and obviously it was his first. Right. Uh, but uh, we won that know. first year, you know. So yeah, exactly, and, exactly. But who and they was came the in, guy? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, mean, I was like, well, who's the guy that you actually butted heads with most? Was it uh, JP or Alex? Uh, well, it, we say butted head. It, it was, it was, it was, it was in a good way, you know. But in a good you know, way, I'm, right? In a, right. In a, you know, you try to be productive and you try to make right. uh, the best decisions for the team. You know what? Uh, I can remember personality-wise, maybe you know, JP was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know he's brash, a New Englander, a Boston boy. But the, the mm-hmm. game of baseball always used to be, you know, you you. Uh, I mean, it was always analytics. You know, there's always baseball's always been about numbers. Now it's taken to the extreme and they just changed the name but it's and it's been really good in a lot of ways but then i think maybe it's got gone too far in some ways but ba- good baseball people would sit around and debate things and argue and decide you know whether it's over players whatever it might be right and then you come to a decision that's the best way to do it and then you know what okay we're all on the same page i may not like it okay and i did a lot of that with jp i did a lot a lot of that with alex you know mm-hmm. and uh and the you 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 got to be a team, you know. You got you got to work together. You're you're not going to agree. If you think you're going to agree on everything, forget it. You know it that's that's. But you got but you got to be you got to be up front. You got to you know they whatever, and the, but the managers also got to understand. I have a boss, and that guy makes the decisions. But there's always good and good give and take is is, is important and healthy for a team. Oh, absolutely. We have another question that came in. Uh, this is a question from M Patel, and it's like, hey Gibby. Why are managers now putting a home run hitter at leadoff? Why not do it the old way and let them hit cleanup? Usually you want guys who can get on base to start the game and not guys like George Springer. What do you think? What's the logic for this? Well, you know what? Yeah, the, the, They used to construct lineups differently. There's no doubt in the past. But you, I think back then you had more, your more uh, prototypical leadoff guy, right? A guy who would draw his walk, a guy that could fly, a guy that, you know, hit for a high average. Once he gets on base, he's going to steal a base, all that. Those guys are rare anymore. I mean, you don't even find that. They don't even – the game's kind of overlooked at those skills anyway, the stolen base and all that. Although I think maybe it's kind of coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, but you generally want a guy – got to have a guy that gets on base. And, and I know we experimented. We had a, a Batista, uh, you know, who we just talked with. You would, he he uh, hit 300-something home runs in his career. You wouldn't think he'd be a leadoff guy. But at a necessity – we needed that guy, and, and I think part of the thinking also, that leadoff hitter is going to get one more extra bat, you know, and maybe two. You, you, ne- you never know. Um, 
And so that's maybe that's the guy you really want to have it, right? The guy that can burn you. So that's in the. It used to be the number that you always put the, the certain guys in the three slot, right? And you, the second, mm-hmm. the two hole hitter was a guy that moved the runner, bunt him over, whatever. Now it's that switch too. Not only has you got that power leadoff guy, but you're that second hole hitter is a guy you want that can uh, do some damage too. And then it just slides on down. So the philosophy has definitely changed. A lot of it's out of necessity because I mean when I, when we did it with Jose. It's because we didn't have a leadoff hitter. We couldn't find one. You know, one, one year we brought David Eckstein in to do it, but he was kind of getting near the end. He would have been ideal. He did it. It was the MVP of a World Series with the Cardinals. But a lot of it's a necessity. But the game's changed, too, and they love power. And so why not give the yeah. a big-time power hitter that extra bat? There you go. Hey, if you have a question for Gibby, uh, just send us an email. It's askgibbyshow at gmail.com, and we'll have more of those questions next week. And, boy, this is going to be a big week, John. We're going to wrap it up. Um, but uh, this is a big week. This is a wild card week. Playoffs are starting, and uh, we'll cover it all here next week. Uh, so, I mean, another one in the books. Uh, I want to let everybody know that if you want to get a hold of John, your social media handles, you're, you know, the big social media star now on Twitter and Instagram. And, Imagine and, that. Uh, YouTube. I mean, my goodness, uh, the, the numbers keep growing and um, the podcast is doing wonderful. I mean, we're solid number one baseball podcast in Canada for two consecutive weeks going on the third. So great things are happening. But to get a hold, uh, to find Gibby on social media, all you got to do is go to at John Gibbons 05. That's on Instagram. That's on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. There's a page there. And of course, there's also a YouTube channel for the Gibby show. So uh, uh, just be engaged. And uh, John, I mean, you love to hear from the fans anyway. You answer so many of them. It's kind of amazing that somebody that has been uh, uh, in the game for so long and, uh, and a newbie on social media that you're really, really engaged with your fans, which is just tremendous. Oh, yeah. Johnny, but you know what? This is, this is what this sport is, and this is what it, it's all about the fans, right? Without the fans, we've yeah. got nothing. You know, they, they drive it, and uh, so you might as well have a little fun with them. Yes, indeed. And if you want to find me, at John Arezzi on Twitter, at John Arezzi on Instagram. Uh, for those uh, wrestling fans out there, I do a wrestling podcast called John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight, which covers history. So uh, you could find me there and look for the podcast as well. Uh, we want but to you, might throw him into a, you might throw him into a full Nelson. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've had a couple matches that were not <laughs> very <is> good. <laughs> <laughs> including Dusty Rhodes uh, sitting on my uh, head to pin that. me in 1978. So that was not fun. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's the wrestling side of me, a little schizophrenic. But until next week when we cover all Blue Jays, we cover the wild card, uh, this is John Arezzi for John Gibbons. Uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs>